Welcome to another episode of DJ and Dad's podcast. I think this is episode, what, 41? I don't know. We're, we're getting up there, though. And we also have our podcast on all the popular audio podcast platforms out there. I'm joined today, though, by none other than co-host Chris Coffee. What's going on, man? How are you doing? What's up, Kyle? I'm doing fairly well, man. Fairly well. And yeah, I think it's episode 42 that we're on. 42. Let's go, man. We're working our way up there. And you definitely want to subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. But we have a lot to cover today. We got pudgy penguins, some accusations flying around. They're also launching in uh, other countries now as well. So a lot of, you know, they're spreading their IP. And we have a lot of other crazy topics. You know, is metaverse dead? Question mark. I don't know. We're going to get into all that and much more. What's your thoughts, Chris? What you, what you got going on? Do you have a NFT weather report for us? I don't know if we want to call it a weather report. It's more like a market report, but I don't know if you got that pulled up and want to. Yeah, I got it pulled up, up man. We'll, we'll take a look at what's going on in uh, NFTs and crypto right now. So just a general thing. One of the biggest announcement in NFTs we're going to talk about is D gods, like the PFP, the whole like changing the, uh, changing the image by zooming in zooming out like on chain and just kind of them going on chain to one going to season one that's pretty big news and of course as you mentioned we're going to be talking about the pudgies drama that happened over the weekend was hoping to scoop but we're going to talk about that later uh, as far as the market goes we have blur taking up 40 percent of the market share open taking up 30 percent uh across the board 54 million dollars in the last week on on nft trades Sixty-six thousand traders and 133,000 cells. I'm going to take a look at Dune, just the Ethereum market real quick. I had that pulled up. Uh, Trying to find it. I mean, it would be... By the way, Chris's Chris's camera may look choppy or may not. I don't know. But yeah, you know, we like like Chris looking like a a, uh, crypto punk. So, you know, we, we like the vibes around here. Oh, no. Is it looking choppy? A little bit, yeah. It's no biggie. Dang. It's no biggie. I mean, we're a podcast, right? You know, we're probably tuning in. People are tuning in from Spotify too. So you know what I mean? That's true. Not everybody has to if you're watch, watching video. I do like clipping little... these though. When I clip them, they look like a crypto punk. That's just no fun, man. Yeah. You got well, I mean, <laughs> crypto punk, JPEGs, NFTs, it's it's a good fit. Sure. Yeah. I guess pixel art is is kind of making a comeback anyway. So but pud- man, pudgies are are you got the Dune analytics pulled up or do you want to get into some pudgies? Yeah, we'll go straight into, straight into Pudgies, man. All right, Pudgies, man. A lot of accusations thrown around. Is it true? Is it not? Is the accusations real? The accusations were coming in from a couple of different sources here. And Chris, you'll have a little bit more on that. I, I just kind of looked at the OK Hotshot dude, and he accused or alleged that, you know, Luca Nets, the founder, or one of the, I guess, CEO now of Pudgies, was a serial like scammer or whatever um in rugger so there's you know still kind of ongoing in the in the crypto twitter space or x space rather um what's your thoughts on that chris and, and do you have some a little in-depth analysis on that yeah i have a lot of both of those so i've been following hot okay hot shot for a long time now i've watched some of his other other things that he's done i was there when he dropped the article read the entire article and then they had like a two-hour space where they hosted Luca and then Luca jumped on another space after that. And I also followed and listened to that man. The article itself, I think brought up some really good points um, like about Luca's past. So at first I was completely convinced, not completely convinced, but I, I was like, man, this sucks because they just got in with Walmart and some of the accusations were pretty strong and uh, they were kind of disheartening. I was basically saying that Luca rugged, 
like three different projects or at least was involved heavily with a rug to some degree. Uh, it said, and then it went all the way back to his history with some like kind of sketchy marketing techniques. When they actually hosted the space, I liked Hotshot. I still do. Like he's okay, but like that space was tragic, man. The panel was terrible. Uh, Hotshot was like way too aggressive on Luca. They were like muting him, wouldn't let him talk. Uh, when he did talk, he was actually making sense. So to conclude all of that, um, I think Luca did address some of the biggest accusations. One of them was like basically some of the evidence was that on one of the projects that uh, Luca wasn't on paper the founder of that he basically had some Ethereum sent to him that was like a larger amount of money than like even the founder of the project. And like people even at the time were like joking around about Luca being the founder of the project. And Luca was like, ha, it's not me or whatever. So the the founder ended up like leaving and again in the project rock. So after that, the biggest check was Luca. Um, so it kind of looked bad on him. Now, Luca did clear that one up to an extent that made since i'm not gonna say luca cleared everything up but i'll get to that in a second so that one luca was saying that basically like he asked for a large portion to like market them kind of going back to his like previous market his, he has a very successful track record of marketing specifically through like instagram ads and like other stuff like that uh that's kind of how he got to the position he's in today but luca was basically saying that once the project launched they paid him for his marketing efforts and they paid him for everything they spent on marketing. That's why it was like one big clump of ETH because they might've spent like $500,000 on marketing. Well, they had to pay that back to Luca and then they paid him for the time. That's why he got paid. That's why he said he got paid more than the founder. And he said like he was not the founder of it. Um, the other marketing techniques that he got accused of, again, I'm not really like, like they're just kind of like questionable techniques. Like basically like, he apparently, I don't even remember them talking about this one directly on the space, but he apparently like offered a through, not through Luca, but like through his like firm. Um, a lot of these like sketchy firms were registered under like Luca's actual LLC. And on one of the firms, apparently he like uh, did a fake board ape giveaway. Like basically if you do X, Y, and Z, we're going to give away a board ape. And the board ape was sent to an address and then it was like sold but then that money and that ape was like sent back to something associated with Luca, you know? So when Luca was asked about all this, I didn't love his answer. It was basically like, I'm not the only one that controls that wallet. It has three different people in control of that wallet. So I don't know. And it's kind of like, yeah, he was even kind of to the point where he was like, I don't really know about the wallet, but it's like, bro, that's like the main wallet you use. Like you should know, you know, what's going on with the wallet. So all yeah. I have to say, I know that's it kind of looks, looks like, Dude, it is wild. At this point, it might look like I'm kind of against Luca. I still say at the end of the day, I don't think he's a serial scammer. I do side with Luca overall on this whole thing. I think some of the marketing techniques are questionable. I'm not a big fan of cancel culture uh, when it comes to like really much at all. Like if he was a serial rugger, then sure, like, you know, whatever. But like, I don't think it looked like it was proven that he like, actually like raise all this capital and rugged like as founder of these projects um i think some of the marketing techniques were questionable but i don't think that's worth the uh, cancellation over especially permanent cancellation and i also so going back to this this is a huge part too going back to all this alleged research done by okay hotshot it was revealed that all this research was actually done by somebody else and then stolen by hotshot it looked like he literally copied and pasted the doc the google document and chat gbt did to write it in his own word for his newsletter he then monetized his newsletter to get try to get hundreds or even thousands. It looks allegedly looks like he 
try to grow his newsletter using this because he didn't post it on X. He posted it like, hey, go check out my newsletter for this. And then apparently, I don't know if this is recent or not, even put like a donation uh, ENS if you like it. So literally stole somebody's work and took all the all the subscribers, took all the everything and directed it towards him. And at the end of the day, it still doesn't look like it completely proved anything with Luca, especially with Luca kind of being in the forefront of Walmart right now. That's kind of like a good bar for like Web3 projects is getting in 2000 Walmarts and just getting into like UK stores. Uh, I just don't think he's a correct target right now. I think he it looks like Hotshot came in for the clout, waited for a big moment to copy and paste something and then took the clout. And uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm not fully sold. I don't think this is a cancel, like you should be canceled type thing, especially because Luca's doing really big things in Web3. I think there's much bigger fish to fry in Web3. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But it looks like the pudgy penguin floor hasn't really done much. Like it's pretty um, stable. So it doesn't look like the actual community was affected pretty much by it. I mean, it, it went down like a little, like, you know, what point a few, e- a point something ETH. But it's still like above five ETH. The last time I checked, like yesterday, so it doesn't appear that the community really was phased by that. Um, and there's just a lot of general excitement around Pudgies, and it obviously with Luca being in the more public eye, I doubt he's gonna like do anything shady anymore. Um, even if he did that in the past, like you said, maybe it was marketing, maybe this or that or the other. I don't really know. I, I would have to literally dig into it way more. And you know, uh, it sounds like. You know, some of the NFT influencers have sided with Luca, like like Insta, like Insta sided with them, which was kind of weird. I was like, they didn't look. They're like, you know, how dare you entertain this? Okay, hotshot guy. But I'm like, well, if people want to have questions, they want to look into it. Like, let them. Like, let people do whatever they want. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was weird from like top NFT influencers. Like, don't entertain this guy. And I'm like, Luca can do whatever he wants, and people can read his article if they want to. Like, it's a free. It's like freedom of the press man um anyways i thought that was kind of weird so i'm not necessarily on anyone's side here but i am for pudgy penguins and their success because i think they're doing really good stuff uh, with walmart now they're launching in the uk at smith's um now if obviously if all that stuff is like true that would suck but again i don't know it's like he said she said we'll see and like i don't know i don't know if i have a side on this like you know in this little i don't know if i have a pony in the race as they say but they did launch in UK stores as well at Smith's. I'm not really sure what Smith's is, but I think it's a really big like retailer. Probably have like tons of toys. Um, so yeah, a lot of the excitement in general around Pudgy still. D Gods, they had some launch thing going on too. Uh, on chain cropping of NFTs on OpenSea and whatever else. Um, this was like their big. I don't know what kind of announcement you would say this is, but I'm gonna pull it up here off to the side. To me, I, I don't know, man. I wasn't very excited about this one, to be honest, because like, you have Pudgies on one hand launching in Walmarts and Smiths and like launching in different countries, and you have other NFT projects like doing shows, movies, and like entertainment. Um, Web3 Gaming's popping off pretty good. Um, and then you have D-Gods like, doing like on-chain cropping, where it looks like literally a Twitter PFP. Like, it's literally the cropping Twitter and just putting it on chain. So I know Chris, you're excited about it, but I wasn't very excited about it. So let me, let me, let's get your perspective. What makes you excited about this on chain crop? It's just new. It's something different, you know, like, um, it's reversible. So like, you could always like, you know, 
put it back the way that it was beforehand. Um, but it's just something I haven't seen anybody do. You know, you know, I, I see people crop their NFTs in unique ways for like the Twitter profile pictures or even their banners. Never seen it done on chain before. So it's just like a random, like innovative thing that they did. I mean, it's not like this is like groundbreaking to me. Um, it's just it was a cool thing that was doing different. I'm uh, trying to pull up the yeah. I saw you weren't super happy about the day one. Um, I I just think it's like another D God thing that's like they're trying to hype it, and it's like there comes to a point where like you kind of have to drop the bro mentality and like this like frat like looking look of your NFT project, and you really have to actually do something like professional. And I think what Luca's doing, for example, um, you know sh- that whole like accusation thing aside. You know, he's pushing the space forward, but like D Gods is like moving from chain to chain, um, getting these grants, paying them back, whatever. I don't know. Like, yeah, I get the vibes are cool and like the internet cult per- internet culture part is cool, but like I don't know. This is like kind of gimmicky a little bit for me. Like Yeah. It is what I it is. It. I, I I like Frank. I want I want D Gods, I want Frank to succeed i've heard him talk a lot on the on one of the other nft podcasts um he knows the stuff he likes collectibles he knows like the dynamics like what triggers people um some of it was behind the quote-unquote downgrade you know the psychological side of it but i'm like that really wasn't an announcement like that's not gonna push the space forward is changing your colors and your color palette like that's not revolutionary and then this one like you said, it's something new, but it's not like a game changer. It's not going to push the space forward. Yeah, this is kind of like one step forward and two steps back kind of thing. Like, I feel like like I'm reading recently. I say recently. It was after the video. It was still like 17 hours ago. Uh, like, they made like a banner of like the comeback. Like, to reset, unify, and clarify. Reset would be we're bringing all D-Gods back to season one. Like, the the look. So, it's like... I guess they spent all this time working on season two and season three, but now they're going back to season one. That's why I was kind of saying, like, is it a is it a one step forward and two steps back? And then the unifying Literally. is also like the same thing. It, okay, so I'll say this: this I like Frank. I like that he's he's building, he's working, and that the team is working, and that D Gods and Utes are all over my timeline. So I'm not trying to like flood this, but this whole thing really seems like. It's like it took six months to a year to come out with some of these announcements, and now it's like backpedaling. So the Unify, it's like, don't worry, guys, we're bringing our Utes to Ethereum, and you can you can migrate for free, bro. Like, remember the announcement when Utes were going from Solana to Polygon, and now they're going from Polygon to Ethereum. So it's like every time it's an announcement, it's like they're just jumping to another chain. At what point yeah. does it is that like not fun anymore? And right. um, and like you said, it's very bro. No more little brother, big brother. We're doing this together. Utes are coming home. So again, the Unify is kind of like, again, one step forward, two steps back. It's like we've been swapping chains for a year now. And then the Clarify is, don't worry, guys. We're going to address your concerns with D-Gods, Utes, Points, Art Updates, BTC, D-Gods, and Dust. So the, the, the Clarify is basically an announcement of, we'll finally answer some questions. <laughs> like, what? Well, I just don't like how like a lot of influencers and people like prop everything up like because it's like, oh, I hold one. So therefore, like I have to prop it up so I can like, you know, get more followers and like I got to You know, it's like and then a lot of people try to really defend over no reason. But let's call it how it is like this isn't really pushing the space forward in one three. This is just doing stuff just to do stuff. I mean, 
you know, if this was like groundbreaking, like for instance, like Neo Tokyo and a couple other projects out there, um, Chris, you, you probably remember the one where they're like upgrading their smart contracts to enforce royalties or Neo Tokyo, or you literally like, it's like Exoda, you have like five NFTs and you, you it makes one NFT. And that was like the yeah. first of its time, like dynamic, like NFTs like that, where it literally changes the, the in, it turns into one NFT. So like stuff like that's cool. This to me, not very cool. Like, I, I don't know. Like, D guys needs to do something that, like, to me, pushes the space forward. You know, merch and jumping from chain to chain to me is just not going to cut it. Um, I know a lot of people try to defend them, but I'm going to be kind of the villain here and kind of challenge the narrative of like and push back a little a bit against the like the herd mentality of like defending D gods. Like, I love Frank. I love D gods, and I love Utes. I wanted a Utes so bad. I think the Utes are cooler than D gods. All right. I'm gonna go on record. The Utes are cooler than D Gods. The art's better. The characters look fun. They're more mainstream, relatable. They they you can relate to kids. Like the IP potential's better. Uh, D Gods just look like zombies and like bros and frat bros, and it's like the same guy like in every single image. To me, that's not cool. All right, I, I I'm gonna call it like it is. All right, I'm gonna be the Jonah of NFTs right now. All right, and just say that. Go. I'm going on record. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree, man. Also, I think with Ute, since it's a bigger collection, you actually get, like, you might even get more engagement. Like, I feel like the D-Gods is more of, like, a flex, but, like, more people can relate with Utes because more people can afford Utes. <laughs> so it might even be well, look better. Look at Legendary. Like, he, he built yeah. Legendary on, on X. He went from, like, 10K followers to 20K because he had a Ute. He branded it very well. Um, he moved away. I think he's doing, like, an Azuki, like, was an Azuki ute mixture brand like he's like mixed them two together like an azuki sloth with a and like now he's like rebranded to kind of like do both um it's pretty interesting but his ute was really cool i like utes i I really do i think they have a lot of potential not only that i think they can reach a wider audience as well and i i always you know i i said this like they should have focused on like gaming like with the utes like they should have did that and that been like around the culture and they, in my opinion, they would have done better. This whole like appealing to like NFT bros, it's just got like they got to close the door eventually on this whole like fake hype stuff going on. I don't know. Point spot parlor is not bad, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard like tons of amazing things. They gave away a Tesla, which was really cool. But anyways, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, points parlor is just not more like an advertising. Like, it's more of like like you don't. Get a bang for your buck. I've seen people spend a lot of money on dust, and they like don't even get like a fraction of their their money back. So I guess it's cool because like if you have a D god that yields dust, like it's like free. But other than that, it doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. Now again, like I I I still think that they should pivot to Web three. Have like a a little org like support like these creators, these gamers, like what the youths may be. I don't know. I think they could have did a lot, um, but they focus on like art and design, which like nobody cares about, like in terms of like why they really want to like what drives like art is very important, like the art side. The color palettes are very important for branding. But aside from that, like I don't know if that's going to drive a floor price is what I'm trying to say. Like the culture is really like much more than than just the art by itself. Like you really need. um a lot of I don't know what three gamers are just perfect. That's all I'm to say. Moving <laughs> to the next topic. Dot swoosh. Don't forget about that. By the way, we're gonna get into Web three yeah. games actually here in just a sec. But 
dot swoosh is coming up 1020. You need a AOF1 box and you got to reveal that before the 16th uh, in order to even qualify to get the physical Tinaj uh, shoe on 1020 on the sneakers app. Chris, are you going for that one? Wait, what is Tinaj? What is Tinaj? It means uh, this is not a JPEG. There you go. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going for it, the but I, uh, I'm going to be at a conference, so I don't know my odds of actually getting it because like, I'm going to be like working a lot at the conference, so it's going to be really hard for me to get. You know, ironically, I feel like last year when I went for my Puma shoes, I had like a similar deal where like I was working something and I had to go through like hoops to actually like get get it. So we'll see if I can get it. I'm definitely going for it, but I'm going to be so busy that week that uh, I don't know, man. I want it. Though. Right, I want to so, wear these. Like, I, I would wear these 100 percent. Yeah, we, and we got some other big news here, too. So stay with us. You're going to want to watch the podcast all the way to the end. You glad's restructuring layoffs. Um, mm. other web three games coming down the pipeline, nitro nation game, which is a mythical game. Uh, they're, they had NFL rivals on iOS and Android, which had like, I don't know, a million down. I don't know how it had a ton of downloads. They have like hundreds of thousands of downloads on one of their NFL rival games. Now they're dropping nitro nation, which is like a racing game. So this one's kind of like, let's see what happens with this one too. Like, are they going to have like a million downloads as well? Um, they've had a lot of success, man, and kudos to Mythical Games out there for for you know pushing the space forward. It's really exciting to see Web3 games really succeed and excel. Um, some play some we have a couple of platforms, Yuka Labs, layoffs, restructures, Metapixel pauses their Web3 game. So it's not all sunshine and rainbows out there, though. Like unfortunately, Earth. the bear market has affected a lot of projects, including the Titan uh, that is Yuga Labs. Chris. yeah man um <laughs> yeah the i mean that's it sucks but like laying off is part of like longevity so like that's what people don't understand like everybody's like oh gosh like is your company closing because you're laying off like no your company is actually staying open because you're laying off it sucks but like look at recur i still don't know like the in- internal like what happened at recur it looks like there's pure speculation there's over allocation they had over 100 employees and uh, might have been bad top-down management, but I, you know, maybe if they were taking steps like condensing, maybe they would still be okay. But here we are. Um, and so a lot of times, what Hugo's cutting, like Kyle said, Proof is another one. They're the company behind Moonbirds. Um, it sucks to see, but I mean, it happens. You know, last year around this time, I lost my Web three job that I had um, because we had to restructure. And so for happened, Kyle, I got picked back up and What's by that? the same company because I, I, I got picked up. It was Ninja Lairs. Um, I, I got picked back up. But like we had to cut marketing for a while because like a lot happened in the market. So it, it just didn't make sense to be marketing in those conditions. Um, but now, you know, now we're good and healthy. So like it, it sometimes you, um, companies might cut and then repick back up. And, um, you know, that was the case case for me i hope it's the case for these other people but you just you got to make cuts you know i own a small coffee shop and there's been times where like i've even had to like condense my staff or i've had to like make moves in order to like cut my own pay or whatever it is in order to like see the future of my shop so i don't know this gets into like much deeper issues too man like i'm uh 
I don't even know we should bring this up. It's more macro, but like talking about like minimum wage and stuff. Like obviously, like I think that minimum wage needs to go up some because like it needs to fight against inflation. But like I also see things that like just aren't affordable for like small shops like mine to where like if my minimum wage went up to that, I would fire the rest of my staff and just have like a couple of people. Sorry, I think my camera's cutting out. I'll fix that in a second. Um, Where I would just have to like cut my staff and just have like one or two people running the shop because like I wouldn't be able to afford anything else. Yeah, I'm gonna fix my yeah, camera. A, I mean, yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, so this is I got a actually tweeted about this like when it broke the news, but they are doubling down on the gaming side of things. So they are going all in on the other side strategy, which makes perfect sense. They should have did this probably before, but you know, Daniel Allegra, the CEO, you know, he's only been in for six months, so not too surprising to see kind of some shakeups around Yuga and the restructuring and refocusing. So to me, this is a probably a good sound strategy. You know, you look at what Meta did and all the other tech companies they did, they had to do layoffs. Their stock actually benefited from that. Um, and then they, um, it looks like they're going to do continued collaboration with brands like Gucci, Bape, uh, things like that as well. And then new gaming experiences are slated for 2024 um at the same time as well so there's going to be a lot of action still going on in yuga so this isn't necessarily going to affect like what they're doing in the macro um and also daniel allegra said that in his in their announcement that you know their games have been kind of subpar uh, launching so far so he did kind of call that out as like you know i don't know it's interesting um is there okay so yeah i see chris in the chat um anyways so and they're still going to support their og collections you have basic CryptoPunks, me bits and uh ktf remain strong so they're always going to be like supporting their communities and everything like that on the yuga side of things so yeah that was quite um i guess not that's not a shock to me but maybe a shock to some of the people um that yuga had to like lay people off and all that stuff metapixel was another one um, that had to pause their game, you know, and even Gabe Bladen from Limit Break, he's been weighing in a, on a lot of this stuff. He's like, wait a minute, you're telling me that like Facebook spent like a hundred billion, well, like 39 or what was it? It was like 30 something billion on paper. Really, they spent like oh, almost a hundred billion, you know, 36 billion building the metaverse, 15 billion in last year alone, 13.7 billion in 2022, 19 more billion expected in. Uh, this year, $10.2 billion in 2021 on Reality Labs, buying that, I guess. So there's just a lot of money that they've thrown um, in the metaverse. And even they have struggled to you know, build something significant. Um, but yet, yet alone, these Web3 companies are going to build a metaverse with like like a little fund, like a 20 million bucks. You know what I mean? So I don't know. There, there's like a lot of expectations I think we have to like look at uh and, and kind of like take a step back and realize like some a lot of these products might actually fail in the web3 space um from not only a game side but metaverse side as well um i don't know what's your thoughts on this man is metaverse dead in web3 or do you think we'll see some outliers kind of emerge um i don't know if you have any th uh, thoughts on that chris is back but his camera is like in and out uh, yeah, so we're sorry, trying to get Chris back. Sorry about the camera. I was trying to get my regular camera back, but we're just going to go with, with webcam for now. So that'll work. Uh, dude, I remember when like we were on the meta of, speaking of meta, uh, of 
like everyone trying to build a metaverse or like everyone trying to build a game like in hindsight is like come on now like you raised like it would look good if you didn't really know what you're talking about like if you're like wow they raised a million dollars they you know that's enough to build a game but like once you kind of like understand like how much it actually costs to build things you're kind of like oh wow like this was just a pipe dream built the whole time um man i don't know i've i'm like typically like bearish on on mark anything he does but i thought his like recent uh uh like whatever it's called his recent speech on like where he displayed like the uh potential for the metaverse and then his uh conversation on on lex uh lex friedman's podcast did you watch that yeah dude so good like it was like so realistic it was like him talking with lex and they like looked like themselves like just like completely like themselves you could like walk around in this dark room and like it was just conversational and stuff um you know that looked really cool their quest 3 looks promising their ray-bans that they ray-ban style glasses they have coming out uh using ai technology i do wish they actually had the words i think that was kind of gimmicky how they made it look like it had words but really i think it just talks to you um that was kind of gimmicky to me but other than that super affordable $300 for that versus like, you know, paying whatever Apple's headset is $3,000 for Apple's headset. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. I, there was times where like Mark's, uh, idea for the metaverse looked kind of silly. Like, uh, I, the typical like cartoon looking, uh, Mark, I don't know if you know the image I'm referring to. Everybody uses it as a meme now. And like he yeah. said, it was a metaverse, but it's, it's looking a lot more like maybe people actually will transition to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the like we talked about it a little bit last week. It's like he showcased what was possible in the metaverse, like using the MetaQuest three. Um, so I think like uh, people had a lot of aha moments, like uh, like what they're trying to build and, and like move to, towards. Like, of course, the avatars didn't really make sense for people. They couldn't relate because it didn't look real. And they're like, I don't know if I want to spend like time in the metaverse looking like a cartoon, like a little you know mark zuckerberg cartoon but seeing the ultra realistic i think changed people my mind but i actually think people are still going to go with like animal like dj and looking p like you know people already do this on twitter as the pfps like the animals like they're not going to like look like themselves so even though people like are like oh like i'm i want to look ultra high realistic in the metaverse probably not like a lot of people pr- actually will probably just be like these like crazy looking avatars or looking like pikachu or naruto in the metaverse like people like love that they love to have fun and i think that's where probably the outcome will be or you'll have a avatar that kind of looks like you but a cartoon version where do you see that in a lot of metaverses anyways but yeah i think a lot of people just had aha moments there but you know again meta spent billions billions of dollars but they have such a far lead on the actual hardware like the meta quests and all that stuff, you know, and they've done a really, really great job. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan either of, of like the old, like kind of what Facebook has done and data and all that. But you do have to like give kudos where kudos is due. They've done a lot of like pretty impressive stuff around their like headsets and uh, the direction where they're trying to go with things. Yeah, I mean, I own a Quest headset and I really like it. Honestly, to me, it's like one of the better headsets on the market. Uh, for it's the affordable. Yeah, because it's affordable. Like, I think I bought like mine all for these, like 300 or something. Yeah, like, all these other headsets are, like, thousands of dollars. And even, like, the MetaQuest 3 is better than the Pro. And I think it's, like, six $700, like, with the full pack, like, the entire full package. And it's got, like, double the processing power as, like, the last generation or something like that. 
Um, so in terms of like the value, you're basically, I mean, if I'm looking at buying a Vision Pro from Apple or a MetaQuest 3 from Meta, I'm going with the MetaQuest 3 because it's more affordable and still has really good processors. Come, like the, you have controllers you can play the games with. The Vision Pro, you have to use your little fingers and that's not really made for games to do that. Like I'm sure the tech in, in it is like really impressive and obviously it's Apple, so they're going to put out like an amazing product. But like the price point is like more than double than than the MetaQuest Three, which is like I'm out. Like I'm I'm just out. Like I, I have kids, dad, Bill, like all these things to think about. I'm not going to buy a Vision Pro. Like that's just me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I still have the Quest One, so that shows you where I'm at right now as far as headsets go. Hey, there you go. Um, so that's pretty much it up for the podcast, though. But do you, do, I don't know if you answered my question, though. Do you think Web3 metaverses are dead? And do you think gaming, like a lot of games in the Web3 space, are going to die as well? Because, like, again, I think they're kind of like not necessarily like one to one. Metaverse, I think, will have like you need a lot of, more money than just a regular game, obviously. But do you think Web3 games are kind of dead too? Like a lot of them are going to die out because they don't have like enough funding, quote unquote, like to mm. or enough runway. And do you think some of these games like actually have run out of runway and are just like running on fumes and just has, haven't really announced? Because we're starting to see some games kind of come out like Metapixel. Um, There's another like Web3 metaverse kind of thing. I think it was called like Versum. They close shop. Um and so, yeah, what's your thoughts? Like, do you, do you think more companies are going to start coming out and be like, we're broke and we have to pause? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just hard times right now, man. I mean, you know, we haven't really talked about it today, but there's obviously a lot of like um, very scary political stuff that happened. Not even just political, man. I mean, people lost their lives this weekend and that could lead to like greater conflicts and that could hurt the entire economy. And obviously there's a lot more importance than just economy there. Um but like, if things just were, like, were to go normal, uh, I've I've still just been a big fan of like, uh, just kind of simple games with a lot of microtransactions being like the headway into crypto, and then eventually those games could make like bigger games if they wanted to. But um, I mean, some of the best uh, games built on a blockchain so far are those like microtransaction, like card style games or um, farming games or whatever. And then again later they could maybe get the funding to do some like bigger stuff. But I've never really been like, yeah, we're going to see like Fortnite, Call of Duty, um, Halo, whatever, like style games immediately on chain and like, like from the rip. And uh, there's almost like not a reason to like the CSGO stuff, like with their new crate system, like you obviously people spent like tons of money on crates and you could actually trade the crates and the items on like using crypto on a secondary market. So like at that point, why do you, why, why is it important for everything to be on chain anyways, other than like the ownership of the assets, which, you know, is that in itself is important. But I guess like what I'm thinking of is like, I think there will be like, games that are entirely on chain that are very successful that don't take as nearly as much money to run and then i think maybe some bigger games will just adopt web3 style like they might adopt a marketplace and interact and integrate with that or they might adopt like a a system to take the assets onto a chain but maybe like those games are still produced by like 
you know, by Ubisoft or by whoever. Um, they're not, they're not gonna, maybe not produced by Huga. So I don't know. That's kind of my like random, like off the top of my head vision that I have for it. Uh, I don't think that it's done by any means, especially not the gaming side of things. I'm very bullish on the gaming side of things. On the uh, metaverse side of things, I think that with, I don't think these NFT projects are going to make their own metaverse. I think Facebook's going to make its own metaverse and that, and other huge companies, our meta is going to make its own metaverse. And I think that there will be um, blockchain integration with these companies. So, which is again my idea from the, from the future. Like, hopefully, Meta allows you to be able to integrate your actual avatar that you own on chain, you know, into this new metaverse. And if they don't, then hopefully a competitor does. Hopefully, Twitter. Well, you, you know, well, you have Ready Player Me, and they they are they already do a good job of that. So, like, I don't know. I, I have a feeling Ready Player Me will get bought by like a big tech company, whether it's Apple Probably. or Meta. Like. Like one of, or maybe even Google, I don't know. But like Ready Player Me, a lot of people have slept on that for years, Chris. Like I was saying, like years ago, I think it was like two years ago is when I first found them. They were only integrated with a couple metaverses, and I was like, Ready Player Me is is looks pretty good. And then of course they blew up, and they did. Now they have now they have avatars you can import into games, so you can have a whole NFT avatar character ported into a Web three game. And then you can also take that character into like a like spatial or these other like little metaverse experiences. So I don't know. I, I think yeah. people are sleeping on these like really good uh, platforms that are at least showcasing that you can customize your avatar. And like you said, what you're saying, and I agree with you, I think that's the future too. And will Meta do it? I, I don't know. Maybe they just buy Ready Player Me. We'll see. Yeah, they might. And that's probably what's going to happen. And, um, Time will tell for the next episode tell. of DJ and Dad's podcast. You'll have to tune hey, in for that exciting prediction to see if it comes to fruition. Be sub- be sure to subscribe and hit the like button if you enjoyed the content. By yep. the way, or you'll miss Alpha. All right, you don't want to miss any Alpha because you could go broke. I'm just kidding. We don't want you to go broke. I, I got this some is just entertainment. Only. I got some Alpha for you right now, actually. Uh, Trevor. Trevor at TO, yeah, the two-digit, uh, launched a thread today on our Project Ninja Alerts. Uh, we're dropping a PFP, but instead of doing it for influencers, we're just doing it for the top 300 people on our leaderboard, which anybody watching this can get. Um, and basically, we're mm-hmm. going to customize the PFPs to however you want. Like to make it look like you, to make it look like your your current profile picture, make it look like something. Maybe you're a content creator and you want a, a mic, or maybe you're a thread writer and you want a thread. Uh, whatever you want to do, and we're gonna hook you up with an affiliate badge, an ex affiliate badge, boost that engagement, Ooh. and um, yeah. So check that out on To's thread uh, for that. We're gonna have a pre sell on a top three hundred. Oh, and if you do the referral system. Uh, if you get six invites, I'm actually roasting a coffee. Um, it's, uh, going to be branded under my current ninja and it's going to be ninjas coffee by Chris coffee. You get six invites. You get that for free. You get 12 invites. You get a t-shirt with a ninja on it and you get 20 invites. You get this really dope looking hat. Uh, the invites obviously need to be completed. Like they need to like sign up and stuff. So there's a ton of other quests you can do to get to the top 100. Um, so go check that out. Dope, dope. 
All right. Well, that's all we got for this podcast, man. It's been an amazing one. We'll have to cover even more alpha uh, next week. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the space that you don't want to miss. And you get the latest report on NFT market stuff, what's going on in space. You definitely want to tune in. And if you're going to work, uh, you're busy, take us with you on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're probably on it. Um, and we love you. Shout out to all, everybody that's you know always been listening to us from the very beginning. And that's all I got for this one. We'll see you next week on Chris's channel and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, any last words, Chris? Peace out. Peace.